When you hear the word invest, you think about building wealth. But today, I'm going to talk to you about how to invest into yourself. I've also got a few updates for you regarding this podcast. So tune in, listen, and I hope you feel inspired. You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth Podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hello, friends. I am so excited to share my thoughts with you today and tell you some simple ways that you are able to invest in yourself, not cryptocurrency, not stock, not real estate, but you, the number one thing in your life, yourself, how to invest in yourself and how to do so without breaking your bank. Investing in yourself does not mean buying the latest handbag, the best shampoo, going to the spa, getting Botox. Those can be a way that you treat yourself, but that's not necessarily investing in yourself. I'm going to talk about investing into yourself and getting a greater return on that investment by basically achieving overall happiness. And the ways that I tell you, again, will not cost any money at all. Now, something I had thought on, just a little reflection, is another thing I'm super passionate about is the minimalist lifestyle. And this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this show, but it was a thought that I had. And that's what I want to say is being a minimalist has nothing to do with limiting the things that you have in life, but it has everything to do with being grateful with everything you have and getting the most use of it. It's also a great way to create space. So that's going to be the bonus. The first thing I talk about and way to invest into yourself is clearing your space and getting rid of things that you don't need and being grateful for what you already have. That actually goes along the lines of two things, but that was just something random I wanted to go ahead and share with you. Another housekeeping item before I get started is I said three episodes ago when I talked about the LuLaRoe scandal is that I was welcome to any counterpoints that you guys have on this on the show, on the documentary, or any thoughts that I've had. So I actually got some pretty good responses. Some of the responses I got were, Hey, I fell for this same scheme. Starting up was around 8,000. I did good for a while and then it went downhill. Thank God I was able to sell my inventory at a huge discount and get my money back. Many others were not so lucky. Another friend said, yes, I sold LuLaRoe 
when they offered me the 100% buyback and sent me shipping labels, I definitely took advantage of that and got out with my money. It was a blessing compared to what many went through. Another person said I was in LuLaRoe until 2017 happened and they changed everything and I couldn't send back my stuff. I still have a ton left. This really sucks. I got another counterpoint and this is actually a counterpoint to what I was talking about. And this girl owns a boutique in Dixon, Tennessee. And this was her viewpoint about the LuLaRoe thing. She said, any multi-level marketing company is what you make of it. And that decision is yours. I've been selling LuLaRoe for about five years and I'm still selling it. My background is sales slash sales management. And I know this because I used to work with this girl. And I know quite a bit about running a small business efficiently. I did not choose LuLaRoe to grow a team or to get a check from the work of others. I chose it because if I ran the boutique business efficiently, I could leave my full-time job, go back to school to pursue my PhD and begin teaching at a college part-time, which is everything that I did. I am now a full-time instructor at a university and in my last part of my PhD program, soon to be Dr. B, not going to say her real last name on here. And if it weren't for that decision I made to pursue the opportunity, this may have not been possible. While many of the decisions of the CEOs have made may not be aligned with my views, I do believe that they have made several amazing decisions overall. Many other CEOs have made decisions that are less than favorable as well in other organizations. For the women that appear as victims on the LuLaRoe documentary, I believe they just did not manage their business efficiently. It is no different than a regular boutique making decisions of what styles to carry and what will be successful overall. Happy to answer any other questions you may have about the organization and the documentary. I am an example of what good has come out of that. So that's a really interesting counterpoint. I got another one on my phone and it says, Dear Ella, I am so sorry that you had that negative experience with the insert cosmetics company. I know a lot of people who are involved in direct sales and multi-level marketing can be very, very pushy, but just know that not all of us are like this. Some of us get business through networking and seeing the needs of others. I personally use the proceeds I make from Rodan and Fields to give back to the community around me. The reason I joined Rodan and Fields is because I was a customer and saw amazing results of my skin. The results I saw were actually better than the results I got from the dermatologist. Like you, I'm a very big fan of investing in skincare. And Rodan and Fields is by far the best thing I've used. You can see the photos on my Facebook page. I'm so glad I decided to join them. And it was just for a small fee. I don't have to keep inventory. People order from me. And I get the proceeds of that. Also, when I signed up, I got all of my cosmetics half off, which was well worth the investment alone. I'll be happy to answer any other questions that you may have. So yes, congratulations on that. I'm excited to hear. And I want to just reiterate something I said on the last episode when I talked about this. I am not here to dog or diss any type of organization that you're a part of, any business. What you do is your business. I personally don't want to be involved with a direct sales company or multi-level marketing company. I think they're actually the same thing. I don't want to do that because I'm asking my friends to support my podcast. I'm also in sales full time. I don't have a need to be a part of an organization like that. But if you do and you sell for them, I hope you're doing well. If it's a great product, I don't care what channel it's sold through. I'll buy it. Again, I use the Color Street nail stickers. I love those things. They're sold through an MLM. 
I used to be big on Young Living essential oils, but I found a brand that is not sold through Young Living or any kind of multi-level marketing that I like just as much. But again, whatever your dreams are, go for them. I wish you the best. I'll be cheering for you. Even if I don't buy your product, I'm still going to be in your favor and hoping that it works out for you. I actually, now that I'm talking about it, I had a guest on about a month ago, a little over a month ago. She purposely profitable. It's my friend Janina. She started out in network marketing. She had some success with that. Now she has businesses. She has a boutique. She had a gummy business where she made elderberry gummies that was super popular. She's had Etsy businesses. So she learned a lot of what she knew through the network marketing and actually created other online business ventures. So again, I don't necessarily have a negative opinion about that business structure, even though I'm personally not going to be involved in it. My negative opinions were more towards the company what the leadership of LuLaRoe made to influence women to get invasive surgeries, to influence them going into debt, and to only wearing their products. I just think that is too much overreach into someone else's lives. That was my biggest offense in the whole LuLaRoe scandal. And speaking of scandals, there's something else I need to address before I get started is Gwen Shamblin. There was a documentary called On the Way Down on HBO Max. I spent an entire Saturday morning watching this and it was disturbing. However, I did mention a few episodes when I first started this podcast that I read a book called Way Down. Gwen Shamblin wrote a book called Way Down, which is usually known as intuitive eating. She was a professor at University of Memphis. She graduated from the University of Tennessee. So she had some credentials there, but anything else I do not support. I support intuitive eating. I meant very much anti-diet culture. So I loved that portion of it. Also love the portion of finding out where your emotional voids are that you're using food to fill in. She talks about that a lot in her book. And I agree with that. Other than that, I do not support or endorse anything else that she stood by. I learned about the Remnant Fellowship Church. Full disclaimer, I live 30 minutes from that church. I live in Nashville. Franklin is a suburb of Nashville. And I didn't even know about that church. I went to a sales meeting a couple weeks ago and people were asking me about this cult outside Nashville in Franklin that Gwen Shamblin read. That's what got me to watch the documentary and I was blown away. There was a lot of things about Gwen Shamblin that I did not know until I watched the documentary. And to be fair, documentaries are created to inspire, I'm guessing, controversy. They're created to inspire conversation and they're created to expose. So you can't always, I guess, what's the disclaimer I'm looking for here? Don't, don't take everything you see in a documentary as the gospel or as the full truth. I remember watching What the Health a few years ago, and it was talking about meat products and actually made me terrified to eat anything animal byproduct when nutritionists say, hey, it's okay to eat meat in your diet. So again, I'm not necessarily fully endorsing the documentaries. I'm not endorsing what those documentaries were covering. I'm just telling you my thoughts, what I saw and what I'm taking away from that. 
So one more housekeeping item, and that is that there will not be an episode released next week. That's going to be the week of the 25th, usually. So, well, 20, yeah, 25th, 26th. I usually release episodes on Tuesday. There will not be a new episode next week. I highly suggest going forward and going back and streaming some of the episodes that have previously aired. I had so many amazing guests. Last week, I had Howard Deckers. He is giving you tips on how to obtain financial freedom. He is a very successful multimillionaire who basically now has fun for a living. He set up a great future for himself and his children. He's going to talk about ways that he invests without doing the crazy snowball method, no investing for debt, or just like a really strict beans and rice budget. He has ways of financial freedom that are actually obtainable for you. Another episode I did was my friend, Rebecca Blackman. She talked about traveling and what it means to her and how she does the traveling, all the traveling that she does without breaking her bank. She's in a entry level job. So she's very open. She says, Hey, I'm not making a ton of money, but I'm still able to travel. And another person close to my heart is Laura Banky. Laura Banky had the job that I thought once thought that I wanted. She was a rock star on the outside, but on the inside, she was dealing with a lot of sexism in her industry, and she had left that behind to become a life coach, and she coaches on, instead of waiting for things to happen to make you happy, is finding happiness on your own. So definitely, if you haven't heard those episodes, go back and stream them, go back and stream my podcast Also, since next week is the week of Halloween, I want to suggest some of my friends' podcasts, people that I've met through the podcasting network, that they cover a lot of paranormal, all the spooky things. So give, if you haven't already, give a listen to some of my friends' podcasts. I suggest Homespun Haints, paranormal podcast about hauntings, Haunt Her, I Barely Know Her, Pineapple Pizza Podcast. They do a lot of mythology and conspiracy. Seriously Sinister Podcast. They talk about everything sinister. It can be scary stories or anything. They also cover the Lula Rich documentary as well. What else? What other good ones? I want to recommend all my friends' podcast. Haunted Housewives. That's another good one. Own Holy Gossip Girls. Beauty Unlocked. Beauty Unlocked is a podcast that covers the beauty industry and the dark side of it, but she's got some really cool Halloween stuff going on. So that's what I suggest. Salty Speculation Podcast, Mindless Morning Show. I suggest supporting another independent podcast next week, and I will be back the first week in November. So hold on. We're going to do a quick message from sponsor, Anchor. And I'll be back with the book of the week and these simple tips that I have for you. And I'm back with the book of the week. Now, this book is like no other book I've talked about on here before. It's not really new. It was new to me. This was published in 2004. It is a favorite book of Oprah Winfrey. And I will tell you, I was, I came across this book house sitting for a friend. And I forgot to bring a book to read myself. I find this book on her nightstand and I just felt drawn to it. So I read into it and it's just extremely interesting. It's by Eckhart Tolle. It's called The Power of Now and it is a spiritual book. 
So if anybody is triggered by spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs, this it probably isn't the book for you. Another disclaimer, if you are a Christian, Eckhart Tolle says in some point in the book to do this, if you're a Christian, replace the word presence. Every time you mention the word presence, replace that with Christ to kind of be relevant for you. I had to do that. But what I loved about it is Eckhart Tolle was facing severe depression to say the very least, it was severe depression. And here's the other fact about it. It was originally published in 1997. This copy was actually published in 2004. So this book has been around for a few years. You may have heard of it. But Eckhart Tolle was 29 years old. And I think we've all been there. When we turn 29, we think we're supposed to be at a certain place in our lives. We may not be at that place just yet. But he talks about how he goes from depression and why he was depressed to learning to live in the present. Now, the reason I think this book is relevant to what I'm talking about is because I know we all spend a lot of energy dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. Everybody has spent time and energy on that. What this book teaches you to do is to be present in each moment. I read this book, I got my own copy, and I read this book on the way to San Diego a few weeks ago. And I remember while, after reading this book and while I was in San Diego, I remember being grateful for every interaction that I had, for every bite of food tasting that much better, to just finding gratitude in each situation and just taking notice how well my company was investing into the employees that were all there. Instead of looking at the agenda, what we were doing, worrying about it, worrying about how many we had a raffle ticket game there where we had, you know, just basically raffle tickets. I was like, how many tickets am I going to get? Am I being seen? I just was taking time to just be grateful in every single moment there with every interaction. It's just, it, this book basically wakes you up and tells you to smell the coffee. This coffee is the best coffee that you've ever had. You just learn to love the moment that you're living in. So the book is very esoteric. I'm not going to coerce you to read it if going into like the spiritual realm and going deep into that is not your thing, but I did want to bring it to the light because that was a book that really spoke to me this year and just really glad I came across it. I can't believe it's been around for so long and it just now made its way to me, but yeah, this book will really inspire you if you're looking to live in the present or if you're just kind of looking to elevate the current state of being that you are in. Speaking of state of being, I need to ask my dream analyzers a question. So I'm a savant of psychology, but I don't know a lot about dreams. And I want to share this dream I had because I think this dream happened either after reading this book or... It could be something that is alluding to something I'm currently experiencing in life, but I don't have a whole lot of vivid dreams or dreams that have me waking up and going, what in the world was I dreaming about? But this dream, it's it's just been stuck on my mind for a few days. So I'm going to mention it. What this dream was, is I was in this church that I attended growing up. And this church, I remember, had three different levels. Well, 
I'm on the second level and I open up the door and this is a group of people that I've known from my past, my present, my future. And we were also playing beer pong. So this is beer pong. I'm a light drinker, by the way, but they're playing beer pong in this church I used to go to growing up. And I decided to go upstairs. I go upstairs and I hear two voices of friends that I haven't seen in a few years. I have friends from back home named Carson and Jason. They have had children since I last saw them, but I heard my friend Carson laughing. So I knew I wanted to go upstairs and catch up with them. Well, I go up this one level of stairs. It's just a normal level of stairs. It's got walls around it. It's got a ceiling. So I go up and then the next level of stairs, I look and these stairs were literally floating stairs. It looked like a piece of craftsmanship. My granddad used to do a lot of woodcraft. It looked like something that he would build. And this was more of a ladder. Yeah, it was basically more of a ladder, had wooden planks across the way. And I could go up this ladder. It was basically floating in midair. So it was surrounded by clouds and sky. And I knew I wanted to go up this, but I was worried about not having concrete under me, but having sky and stairs underneath me and climbing this ladder. I didn't know where this ladder led to, but I knew I wanted to climb it. Crazy, right? And then I heard my friends laughing upstairs, so I knew I wanted to be with my friends, but I didn't want to climb this ladder because I was afraid of heights, and I didn't know if that ladder was going to stay with me or if I was going to fall down with that ladder. Last thing I remember about that dream is just looking at that ladder and still deciding if I wanted to go that next level or not. Has anyone else had dreams like this? And if you are a dream analyzer, can you tell me what this dream means? I think this dream actually has something to do with a subconscious guilt that I continue to struggle with. And something that I'm working through right now is that I feel guilty sometimes about having fun, about doing something for myself. I'm getting ready to go on a week-long vacation, leave the country. I'm so excited about it, but at the same time, I'm feeling super anxious about it. I've tested negative for COVID. I've got my bags packed. I have looked over. Everything is packed. I'm leaving away messages on my computer, but I think sometimes when I go on vacation, I'm always like, okay, what am I going to miss out on? Did I set my email away message? What if my clients need me? What if my family needs me? There's just so much anxiety that comes onto it. Or even when I went out with my friends this summer, I was super excited because I was going to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. And I had an amazing time, by the way. But I remember going to voting day and feeling really anxious. And that was the first time I realized that I had some weird subconscious guilt around me having fun and taking time for myself and doing something that I enjoy. And I realized this when I was reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and he was talking about self-sabotage. So I'm wondering if that's my self-sabotage is that I am feeling guilty about having fun. Does anybody else feel that way? And was that what my dream was about? I'm really not sure, but I would love to hear If you follow me on Instagram, if you have my number, many of you listening are my friends. If you know me on Facebook, whatever, reach out to me or elleconomic at gmail.com and let me know what this could possibly mean because I'm super curious. Now I want to get into the ways that I like to invest in myself other than taking vacations and buying myself things. 
my vacations is a way to invest in myself. Believe it. I'm definitely investing in myself by taking this vacation, but I'm inspired to talk to you guys about the ways I invest into myself that don't cost a lot of money at all. So the first way goes along with the book that I just talked to you guys about, The Power of Now. The first way to invest in yourself is staying in the present. Looking around, what do you have to be grateful for? Make a list of things you can be grateful for if you can. Be in the moment. Experience each conversation. Fully listen to the person that is talking to you. Fully taste the food that you're eating. You may be eating because you're hungry, but taste the food that you're eating. What do you like about it? Just live in that moment and find that gratitude and you're going to notice yourself almost instantly becoming more happy and experiencing much more joy. So that one is it. Just stay in the present. First first tip to way to invest into yourself. The second is talking to yourself in a positive way. Now, I'm not saying talking to yourself, being crazy, having like full-on conversations with yourself. Of course, if you need to do that to sort your thoughts out, no judgment. You've got to do what you've got to do. But I talk a lot about giving yourself words of affirmation and positive words of affirmation. I listened to an interview with Mel Robbins and Lewis Howells last week, and Mel Robbins says that she has elevated her happiness and her productivity by giving herself a high five in the mirror each morning, meaning cheering herself on. Now, I know that one of my top love languages, actually my absolute top love language is words of affirmation. And sometimes I need to hear words of affirmation to feel loved. Well, if I'm not always getting those words of affirmation, if I'm just not hearing them enough, guess who's going to have to give me words of affirmation? I'm going to give myself words of affirmation and you need to give yourself words of affirmation too. You need to be aware of how you talk to yourself each morning, how you're going to go throughout your day. Now, if you tell yourself, man, I'm just tired. I don't feel like doing anything today. Well, you're most likely not going to have a productive day. But if you get up in the morning and you say to yourself, hey, I've got some value to add. Yeah, I'm tired, but I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work through this. I love that a lot of people are writing on their mirrors or buying signs saying, I am enough. There's a lot of brands out there. They'll tell you, you are enough. You are beautiful. You are enough. Well, let's step that one up. If you are someone that writes, I am enough on your mirror, in your notebook, or just remind yourself or has a sign saying, I am enough, let's step that up. Why not say, I add value to every interaction that I'm in. I am awesome. I am extraordinary. Step up the I am enough. You know, I have so many amazing qualities that attract people to me. There's so many affirmations that you can give yourself and that you will believe once you continue to say them to yourself. You've got to tell yourself that you are productive, that you are adding value. Guess what? If you have a full-time job, you add value to that company or else you would not have that full-time job. If you have a part-time job or any job, really, you're adding value or else you would not have it. So just tell yourself, I have got this. I add value to the world around me. I am worthy of happiness. For me, I should tell myself I am worthy of having fun. I deserve to have fun. Give yourself something that you need to hear and say it to yourself in the mirror every morning. I am beautiful. What is it that you need to hear? What is it that you want other people to tell you? Tell it to yourself and you may notice more people telling you the same thing. So again, number two, watch how you talk to yourself and promote yourself. Hype yourself up. 
In correlation to this is number three, I like to create a hype up playlist for my morning commute or morning getting or when I'm getting ready in the morning. So my hype up playlist, I have Unstoppable by Sia. I have Dreams by Van Halen. I have a song. It's, I think it's by Flo Millie. It's like, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am rich. I am that bitch. I am going to get that bag. I am not going to take your crap. I love songs like that. Songs that will affirm you, that will hype you up and just make you ready to take on that day. Black and Back in Black by ACDC is another good one. Just whatever hypes you up and gets you excited for the day. Make a playlist for that. Play it every single day. Or listen to an inspirational podcast. You can listen to this podcast. I would love it. You can listen to an inspirational audiobook. Do something every morning that is going to inspire you and get you hyped up for your day. Also, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called High Vibing It. And I was streaming through some older episodes. And one of those episodes was about self-love. And something Kelsey had said, she said, guess what? If you are listening to a self-improvement podcast, reading a self-improvement book, or looking for ways to improve yourself, that is a sign that you already love yourself. So if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you love yourself and you're looking for ways to invest in yourself. So congratulations for that because that's the greatest love you will ever find is the love you have for yourself. Number four. This is something I'm a huge fan of, and that's just taking some quiet time or some kind of reflection. Your reflection could be a yoga practice. It could be taking a walk around the neighborhood. It can be journaling. It can be any time that you have to yourself. Just set aside five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes that you are investing into yourself. And you'll notice that your relationship with yourself gets stronger and stronger when you take time for yourself. Number five, I talked about it in the podcast where I said the magic word of money management, word saying no. I talk about boundaries. That was my whole point in covering the Lula Rich scandal a couple of weeks ago is because I want you to set boundaries. You are worth setting boundaries. And setting boundaries could be just simply saying no. Or if you have somebody that is picking on you, saying negative talk to you, telling you about why your relationship's not working, why you shouldn't wear that outfit, anything somewhat negative, just say, look, keep that opinion to yourself. Stand up for yourself. If you don't stand up for yourself, nobody else will. If you don't say no, no one else will. And I'll actually kind of wrap that up about setting boundaries. I don't know if I have shared this with you guys before, but before I started this podcast, months before I started this podcast, I remember in 2019, I was experiencing a burnout and this burnout was work responsibilities, which I love my job. My job has been very, my company has been very good to me. So that wasn't burning me out, but I found myself committing myself to a volunteer opportunity and two friends that I met through that. I was hosting a Bible study. I was committed to all of this. And I just remember every Sunday I was exhausted only to go from Sunday to Monday. So I found myself just exhausted. I had weekly obligations I had to meet. I had to do all these trainings for this volunteer opportunity. And I felt like I had to go with this opportunity as a way of giving back to this organization that I loved. And I also felt like if I was selfish with my time, that I was not being very nice to God. That that was actually a thought that I had is that I needed to do this volunteer opportunity to give back to God and to my church. And I still volunteer sporadically for this 
organization. I kind of cut back from the pandemic just because they are not practicing some of the precautions that I prefer to practice. So I, I backed away from that. But the reason I say that is I remember in 2019, I was doing, I was attending a dinner, celebrating one of my friends. And I remember I went on a mission trip that year. I got back. They didn't really want to hear about my mission trip, this group of people. And I also just remember coming back from me, just exhausted. I mean, there was in my house, but it was like three hours. We had this long conversation and it was nothing against them. This is nothing against the group of people. This is nothing against the organization, but I sat in my room just, I couldn't even sleep. And I remember thinking, actually having an honest conversation with myself saying, when is the last time you did something for you? When is the last time you took time for yourself? Because the week I've got my work responsibilities. I still, you know, did the readings of the podcast, went out to eat, met with some friends. But when was the last time I truly spent time for myself and truly invested in myself? That was a, and not that I didn't do anything for myself, but that was just a hard awakening. I was giving a lot of pieces of myself away to please others and didn't necessarily feel appreciated in the moment the way I've wanted to be appreciated. Well, guess who had to show me appreciation? I had to show myself appreciation. That following week, I talked about this with my interview with Rebecca Blackman. I actually had flight voucher and used that flight voucher to book a trip and hotel points to book a trip to a place I've always wanted to go. I went to Boston and I went to Salem and got to play tourists. I went on the first trip all by myself. People thought that was kind of weird that I was traveling by myself, but I learned with a lot of independent people, it's more common than I realized. That was the first time I ever took any kind of trip by myself that was not work-related. And that was actually the last time I took a vacation for myself. And even during the pandemic, I did go skiing. I did get to hang out with my family some, but now I'm really excited because next week, as I said, I'm not going to be producing another episode, but I'm actually going on a vacation with some of my friends. We're going to Mexico. We're staying at a resort and the whole purpose of this vacation is to spoil ourselves, to pamper ourselves and to do reflection and to actually get away from just the everyday responsibilities that we have. As you hear this, you're going to, well, as you hear this, I've got two suitcases packed and, you know, if you know me through work or anything like that, I've got an away message set. I've even got a text messaging set letting you guys know that I'm going to be out of the country. I think I'll have cell phone service there because my Verizon plan covers Mexico, but it's going to be limited. But I am happy to say that this is kind of a way that I am investing into myself along with a few everyday practices. and. To all of you listening, I hope that you are finding ways, especially to invest into yourself, whether it's doing the podcast you've always wanted to do, whether it's photography, whatever it is, you know, make sure you are talking kindly to yourself. Make sure you are hyping yourself up and that you are your number one fan. You're going to see that other people are going to come around to support you as well. So thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for supporting my podcast. And I hope you have an amazing week. I will talk to you guys again in two weeks. I've got some guests that I'm lining up and I can't wait for you to hear from them. So again, thanks again. Love you guys.
Hi, it's Ella, the host of For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. I wanted to first of all, thank you for listening and supporting an independent podcast. I'm an aspiring motivational speaker and marketer who wanted to give a platform to other risk takers, empire builders, and out of the box lifers in the world. By listening, you are showing support for everyday folks like you and myself pursuing the lives they've always wanted by ditching societal norms and dedicating time to others. To show more support, feel free to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe on Spotify. You can also find the show on iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast, and many other independent platforms. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you are feeling inspired.